effective, powerful prayer, part four today. Thus far, we've talked about three different things. I'll mention them briefly because of time, principles about effective praying. And, uh, of course, you can go back on our website. You can hear these messages. It'll part one through three are already on our website. You can go ahead and listen to those, download them free of charge. But thus far, we've talked about uh, principle number one for effective, powerful prayers is to learn how to pray God's Word. So we went into detail about that. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be granted to you. Amen. So we talked about the importance of having God's Word in our hearts to know His will, which is His Word, so that when we pray, we'll have confidence. Amen. Amen. This is the confidence that we ask anything according to His Word or His will. He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desire of Him. Hallelujah. So God's Word and His will are one. Number two, uh, the principle that we talked about is understanding the power of righteousness or having right standing before God. Amen? To have a righteousness consciousness is a very big key when it comes to getting your prayers answered or should I say having the confidence that when you pray. There's nothing more exciting than knowing God hears you when you pray. Hallelujah. Now, when I was a younger Christian, that used to just throw me for a loop because I would have no feelings when it came to prayer. How many of you have ever been there before, you know? But I began to realize the power of righteousness, okay? So we talked about that. Now, last week, we talked about also where Jesus said, when you pray to the Father, you pray in the name of Jesus, okay? In other words, the name of Jesus is the power of attorney, And then, you know, we looked at Mark 16 last week. We talked about how Jesus said, in my name, you'll cast out demons. In my name, you'll take up serpents. You know, if you could accidentally get bit by a snake, it won't harm you. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, it says, in my name, they'll lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. And there's a bunch of signs that should follow each and every believer. Praise the Lord. But it's in the name of Jesus. So we... Uh, where Jesus talked about when you pray to the Father, pray in my name that you might receive answers and that the Father might be glorified. Now today I want to look into this fourth area, and this is a real key here to effective, powerful prayers. And uh, look at First ver- uh, Corinthians chapter 1, starting with me in verse 9. Now, just to set a picture here, you know the church at Corinth had a lot of issues, a lot of problems. Were they saved? Absolutely. Were they spirit-filled? Absolutely. But the Bible says that they were called carnal, which meant body-ruled. Okay? They had division in their midst. They, were, they had strife in their midst in the church. Okay, I'm talking about. Uh, they abused communion. <laughs> they abused almost the gifts of the Spirit, the vocal gifts of the Spirit. They abused those things. And Paul addressed those things, but they were still the church, okay? But you know how many of you know you can be a Christian but be a carnal Christian? Carnal just means body ruled, flesh ruled, okay? And as we grow in Christ, he wants us to become less body conscious and more spirit conscious, hallelujah. And so with that in mind, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 uh, 
the Bible says this, God is faithful. Say God is faithful. Oh, yes, he is. God is faithful by whom, notice this, you were called as an apostle. Is that what it says? God is faithful by whom you were called to be a teacher or an evangelist or a pastor. No, it's not what it says. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the what? Oh, the fellowship of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's interesting, isn't it? And he went on to say, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions. Remember I told you they had problems? That be no divisions among you, but you may be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And so he, he was talking about how that there was strife in their midst, but it didn't have to be that way. Okay? How many of you know strife is designed by the enemy to tear families apart, churches apart, businesses apart, strife, okay? But Paul said right here, God is faithful. Now, it's interesting because here you have a vertical relationship with God, which, which if it's intact the way that it should be, operating the way it should be, it will affect us on a horizontal level. So, in other words, Paul is saying here, your first call here is fellowship with the Lord because when you're fellowship with Him, that will automatically dictate how you treat other people. Are you with me now? But here's what I want to talk about here, and this is the fourth key to effective, powerful prayer, and that is fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. Someone said years ago, I don't know who coined this statement, but they, it's true, the truth needless to say. It might have been Smith Wigglesworth. He said, fellowship is the parent of real true faith. Fellowship is the parent of real true faith. And as we see in this scripture right here, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son. You know, you hear people, I know back in the day when I was searching and trying to find out what my purpose was in life, you know, because when I remember when I was in grade school and going up through the grades, getting, you know, 8th and ninth and 10th grade, you know, they would have these career days. Did you ever have those before? And they would have the military come in, different people come in, and they would try to spark an interest in people to figure out what they were supposed to do, okay? Well, I was completely clueless because I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I felt... I felt like I was in left field because everybody, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I'm a, I was like, am I the only one that feels this way? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, <laughs> but then, you know, I came among the church and so forth. When I first got involved in the, the church that I was a part of, you know, people would express, I feel a call to go into the ministry. Well, I, later on, a little bit later on, I understood what that meant. But that was the first time in my life that I felt that I had a purpose for being here on the earth. When I felt like God had a purpose for me, I thought, man, God has a purpose for me. He didn't leave me out in left field somewhere. Amen? You know, I think sometimes parents have done a dishonor to some degree to tell their kids, you know, honey, sweetheart, you can grow up, you can be anything you want to be. Okay? Well, that's not true. Because there's a grace to do what you've been called to do. Not everybody has the same grace. So we have to find out 
learn a better way to do it, to teach your kids how to tap into the grace that's already there on the inside of them. Every human being on this earth has different grace gifts. Every single person. Now, I didn't know what mine was. It took me a long time to figure that out. At least it felt like it. You know what I'm saying? But I want you to notice here that the, the highest calling is not to be an apostle, not to be an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, or, you know, so on and so forth. We call the fivefold ministry. The highest calling that we have as a believer is says we're called to the fellowship of His Son. The word fellowship is the Greek word koinonia. Okay? And it simply means unity. It means shared beliefs, convictions, partnership. Okay? So when we're koinonia, when we have fellowship with God, we're sharing back and forth. When believers have fellowship, you're communicating back and forth, you're partaking. In other words, you're receiving from one another. Okay? And uh, we'll get a little more into that. But I want you to see right here that the first call that we have as a believer, uh, and this, of course, it has to be developed. It doesn't happen just automatically when a person gets saved. It's actually possible for a Christian, and there have been Christians that have gotten saved and so forth, you know, and they're not going to hell, thank God. But they never developed their relationship with the Lord, their fellowship with the Lord, even though legally they're saved. If they're going to die, they're going straight to heaven. Okay? But while we're on this earth, God has given us the privilege, and it is the greatest privilege, privilege of all, is to learn how to communicate, learn how to fellowship with the Lord. It's the, it's the most exciting life that there is. You mean to tell me I can actually hear from God? Mm-hmm. I remember in my early days as a Christian, I started, I felt like I was starting to hear from God, you know, about direction for my life. Boy, it just changed my life. You know what I mean? Because uh, I thought God only talked to people that were really important to Him. But the fact of the matter is, all of us are important to Him. Amen. We all have a purpose. We all have a plan. Amen? But it all starts with that fellowship, communication. See, there's a difference between relationship and fellowship. You can have a relationship with a person. In other words, I'm married to Lynn, right? We have a relationship, all right? But our communication is called fellowship, how we communicate back and forth, all right? And that's really the key to any relationship, not just in a marriage situation, is to, to be able to communicate and uh, share heart to heart, back and forth with each other. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So notice that Paul says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son. Our greatest calling in life, I wrote down here in bold letters, our greatest calling in life is our fellowship with God. My spiritual father, Brother Hagen, you know, uh, talked about this is way back when he was actually, before he pastored, he was traveling and teach, uh, ministering and so forth. After, I'm sorry, after he pastored the church, went into the field, field ministry, you know. He said he was with some people, you know, and he was in his hotel room by himself. And the walls were like paper thin. And he said one of the guys that was traveling with him was going down the hall to get some ice out of the ice machine. 
And he heard Brother Hagin talking, and he thought somebody was in the room with him. So he put his ear up against the, the door, you know. And he, he heard Brother Hagin saying, uh, yeah, okay, Lord, yeah, mm-hmm, right, okay, sure. I see that, Lord, I see that. But he said he only heard his voice. He didn't hear somebody else. He thought, who's he talking to? Well, of course, he was having a conversation with the Lord. Amen? See, in fellowship, it, to have true fellowship, you can speak and the other person can speak back to you. Okay? Are you with me now? I know this is ABC Fundamentals, but it's so important because God wants to talk to you, and I might say, every single day. Amen? Well, I get scared of those people that say they hear from God. Well, what about the people that don't? They're the ones you got to watch out for. Amen? But see, God wants us to be able to talk to Him and hear from Him every day. Now listen, for God to speak to you, it doesn't have to be some deep revelation. It can be the most simple thing, but yet profound. For example, you can hear with these spiritual ears the Lord saying, I just want you to know that I love you today. Hallelujah. And you could shrug that off and say, that's just me making that up. Well, if somebody lives inside of you, you're going to hear from them. See, God lives, if you got saved, He's on the inside of you. Yes. In the person of the Holy Spirit, He lives on the inside of you. So, of course you're going to hear from Him. And that's not necessarily going to be an audible voice that you hear out there like you hear my voice, but it's inside, internal. You're going to hear Him speak to you. Amen? There's been many a times, many a times, many, I can't even keep track how many times He's told me this, but the Lord would remind me, he would say things, I know you've heard me say this, but I say unto you again. How many times did the, the apostle say that? You've heard this, but I'm going to tell you again. Thank you, Lord. It's like the couple that walked down the aisle. He says, I do. She says, I do. I love you. But if that's the only time that he or she ever hears, I love you, there's going to be a problem moving forward. Well, I told her the day I got married that I loved her. If I change my mind, I'll let her know. Sometimes people are almost bashful and say, I love you. What'd you say? I love you. What'd you say? Oh, you love me. Oh, okay, okay. Hard to spit that out, huh? Because maybe sometimes people grew up in a family where that wasn't ever expressed. Are you with me now? Amen. But we can learn things, okay? And we should learn things. So I want you to see, what was I talking about now? I lost my train of thought here. Holy Spirit, bring me back with the main course. Where was I? <laughs> um, yeah, I knew that. There was a point I was trying to make, but then lost my place. The Lord will get me back. Hallelujah. So, this, this communication, this fellow, oh yeah, what I was going to say, thank you, Lord, is that hearing from heaven doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have information that's going to change the world per se, you know, some great big revelation. You know, it can be as simple as, I just want you to know that I love you. If Jesus appeared to you in the flesh and looked at you in the eyes and said, I love you, you would be like, 
This is going to be the best day I ever had. You know the kid's song, Jesus loves me? This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Amen? Now, God will tell you stuff that you sort of already know, but he wants to remind you of that, to remind you of that, to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, to realize no matter what you're going through today, he loves you. Now, there's been times like you have where the day gets rough, the week gets rough, there's things going on, okay? And, you know, sometimes you can be tempted to have a troubled heart over things that are taking place. And the Lord will butt right into the midst of that and tell you, I just want you to know I love you and I'm with you. And I have your back. Thank you, Lord. Now, it's easy. I will say this. It would be easy to brush that off and say, I just made that word up. But what if it's the Lord talking to you, which I believe the devil's not telling you that. I guarantee the devil's not telling you that Jesus loves you. He'll tell you that God's mad at you. <laughs> right? But Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Word of God tells me so. The greatest revelation you can have every single day is to receive His love, that He loves you unconditionally, and that will set your course for the day. Especially when you're, and I'll address some of this other stuff later here, that these enemies to fellowship. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But 1 Corinthians 1, verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom you are called. This is the fourth thing that I'm going to talk about. Fellowship with God is the parent of real, true faith. It's the parent of real, true faith. I remember back in those early years when I, when I first got saved and I was looking for direction for my life and so forth. But when I actually felt like I really, really heard from him, the, the end result was I had such peace. When I, when I knew it was God actually talking to me, because I didn't have a whole lot of confidence, can I hear from the Lord like that guy down the street, like that minister down there? Yes. Look at Samuel, who was in the temple, when Hannah, his mother, you remember that story? In the book of Samuel? And she could not have a child. In fact, she went to the high priest, you know, and he thought she was drunk. Because she had such, he was pouring out her, she was crying. He thought, she, he accused her of being drunk. Eli, the high priest. And she says, no, no, I'm, I'm sorrowful of heart. I've, you know, what's your, what's your request? You know, I want to have a man child. And when I do, I'm going to dedicate him to the temple all the days of his life. And God granted her petition, gave her a son. And then she took him into the temple and he was raised in the temple. But even at, at a young age, Samuel uh, at a tender young age, didn't know the voice of the Lord yet. The Bible even says that the, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Doesn't have to be now. Amen? And so in, in the middle of the night, God called Samuel by his name, but he didn't know it was God calling him. He thought it was uh, uh, um, Eli, the high priest. So he, he went in the middle of the night. This happened three times. He said, did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Okay, Three times this happened. Then finally Eli the high priest said, the next time you hear your name being called, say, hear my Lord, I'm listening. Okay, So evidently he, mist he mistaken his, the voice of being Eli's voice, but it was actually God calling his name. So on the fourth time when he heard his name called, he said, okay Lord, I'm listening. 
It's at that point that that Samuel began to recognize God's voice at a young age, at a young age. Young kids can hear from God. Young children can hear from God and should. Amen? I remember when my kids were really young, they would hear from God. Well, that doesn't stop. That shouldn't stop it when you get to a certain age. We should always be developing those skills to hear from the Lord, right? Hallelujah. And so, you know, Samuel became one of the greatest prophets, of course, in Israel, you know. And, uh, but notice that it says that God is faithful by whom we are called to the fellowship of His Son. Let's go over it now to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. So we're making this point about fellowship here as far as effective, powerful praying. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay, 1 John chapter 1. Verse 1, King James Version, it says, That which was from the beginning, John the Apostle said this, that which we've heard, that which we have seen with our eyes, that which we have looked upon, our hands have handled, the word of life. Talking about Jesus. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness that show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest unto us. Hmm. Verse 3, it says, That which was from the beginning, that which we have seen and heard, we declare unto you. That you may also, notice this, have fellowship with us. Truly, now here's where it gets good. Truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Here's the end result, verse 4. And I'm writing these things unto you that your joy may be full. Can I ask you a question? Can a jar be half full? Can a milk jug be half full? Can it be full? Okay. Our joy level as believers should be full, completely full, but a lot of times it's not full. It's maybe halfway or even a quarter of a tank. Okay. But God says, I'm I'm writing these things unto you. Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son. But I'm writing these things unto you that your joy may be complete or full. Now that's powerful. When our fellowship with God is the way that it should and can be, we will develop such joy in our lives, like the scripture says, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Never has there been a time where a Christian came out of the presence of God and said, I feel horrible. I feel depressed. There's no such thing, truly speaking. If someone has fellowship with the Lord, in a sense today, I know you're hearing a message, but we're also, you know, this is a, partaking of fellowship because I've already prayed. I said, Father, think through my mind, speak through my lips so that we hear from you today. I don't want just another canned sermon, you know what I'm saying? I want to be able to speak as of the oracles of God. I take this seriously, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and it's a privilege, such an honor to be able to communicate the heart of God to people. Praise the Lord. 
as God knows all the people that are on this earth and the church people, we need to hear from the Lord. We don't just need another canned sermon. We don't just need another sermon. We need to hear from heaven. We need to hear from God. And so that's, I, I press into that all the time. Amen? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. So sometimes, a lot of times as I'm speaking, a thought will come to me, another example or something will come to me, and I'll just speak it out because I believe God is leading us. Amen? Because he wants to help us. Because he loves us. That's part of fellowshipping. So actually, we're in fellowship right now with the Lord, right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. I write these things in verse 4. These things we write unto you that your joy may be full. So how's our joy? Now, it's not God's will that any believer, myself included, it's never God's will that I lack joy and I lack peace in my life. Never. If I'm lacking joy, if I'm lacking peace, guess whose fault it is? Me. Amen. Now, that's not the heap condemnation. That's just to say, wait a second, I've got to remove these barriers. What's, what's hindering me right now from, from, from this fellowship? Amen? I wrote down here, begin to talk to the Lord about everything. This is the key to fellowship. Begin to talk to the Lord about everything. He loves this. This is the biggest thing to the Lord is communication. Amen? What's the greatest desire of God? What's His greatest desire? Think about that. Father, what's your, what's your greatest desire today? I'll tell you exactly what it is. Communication and fellowship. He loves when His children communicate. Amen? I know in uh, like. You know, God puts the natural family in the earth too to illustrate something spiritual, you know. And I, I always enjoyed, especially back early in our early days when we would drive to on vacation or something like that, we'd all jump in the car, the kids were younger. But I kind of liked it because we'd be in the car for X amount of time. There's nothing else to do. So it's just good to communicate. It's good to talk. Amen. And koinonia, fellowship. And God is like that with his kids. And you can talk, and should talk over things to him. Things that make you happy. Amen? There's been a lot of times, you know, let me give an example. I'd be walking my dog up in the woods. Okay? And I love that little girl. I know I talk about her a lot, but that's, that's okay. You'll get over it. Amen? <laughs> but I, that little dog, well, she's sort of big. She's a Samoyed. <laughs> She's all white, fluffy. And uh, she just makes me laugh all the time. She says silly things. She just makes me laugh. She brings a lot of joy to me. Okay? Yeah, she has her little quirks and so forth, but like any dog, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll be walking her, and I'll just be holding her, and I'll see her doing her thing, you know, and I'll just say to, my, I'll say to the Lord, Lord, I just want you to know, I love that little dog. I'm communicating with him. I'm fellowshipping with him. Do you mean the Lord will listen to that? Oh, yeah. He jumps right in the midst of that. He, and he'll, he'll say things like this. He says, son, well, that's why I created her, to give her to you so you could receive joy. 
And not only that, she enjoys it too. She just can't talk back yet. But if she had a voice, she would. Okay? Now, that's, that might seem like a small thing. You know what I mean? Like I'll see, uh, like, coming up soon, like this time of the year when the flowers start to blossom and so forth, you know. I was just watching a live uh, in 4K, that means high definition um, video of Epcot, the flower and garden show that's going on in Disney right now. Okay? And, uh, and the, the flowers are beyond this world. I mean, the arrangements that they, I mean, it's all over the place, you know. And I was looking at that yesterday and I thought, Lord, that just ministers to me, seeing your creation, those beautiful flowers. No wonder Jesus said Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these flowers. Amen? Well, that's not deep, but that's fellowship. Father, I know you're the one that created those flowers for our pleasure. Amen? You know, in heaven has a lot of flowers. People that have been there said you can't even imagine. As well as, as beautiful as they are on the earth, they're that much more in heaven. In fact, you can walk on them and they'll pop right back up. You can't destroy them. Right? People that have been to heaven said the same thing. Beautiful flowers. And, she, and they, people have said they actually talk to you. Think about that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, heaven's above all we could ask or think. Amen? And, and so uh, I was watching that. I mean, it, people like different things, you know, and I was looking at it, and I thought, oh, Lord. Especially when it's in 4K and it's high definition, you know, you're looking, it's like, it's like really like being there. Amen? And I, I told Kelly, I go, look at that. That's just beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Well, God made that. Practicing that fellowship. When you see something, something happens. There's been times I've been going along. Now, my earthly father, he's been in heaven for over 10 years now. You know, some of you remember my father, you know. And, uh, but, uh, and I know he's, he's the best, in the best place he could ever be. Lynn's parents are in heaven. They're in the best place they could have. They're, they're in their right mind. There's no confusion. There's no strife. There's no division. There's no fleshly problems. Okay. And there have been times, many times, where I would think of someone. I would think of like my father, for example, in the natural. And I'd say, Lord, now understand this. We're not talking to the dead. Okay. But I know he's with the Father. He's with Jesus. So I would tell the Lord. I said, oh, Lord, I just want you to tell my dad right now. Tell him how much I love him. Tell him how much, tell him how much I appreciate him. And I can't wait to see him in the future. Because that's our future. That's our destiny in the future. And I would say the same thing. I would think about Lynn's mom and dad. Just fell in love with them. You know? Just precious. You know? You just, when you're in, in Christ and Jesus, you, even though they had issues and problems, you just, by the love of Christ, you just fall in love with them. You see them the way God sees them. And I would, I would say, Father, I just want you to tell Joan and Eugene right now, you know what I'm saying? Tell them how much I appreciate them. Tell them how much I'm so thankful for, for everything they ever did for us and I cannot wait to see them in the future. Tell them that I love them. And the Lord would speak back to me and say, mess is delivered. Okay? And I could sense their joy that they, they perceived that. But the Bible says, you know, we have a great cloud of witnesses 
that are beholding us. So they're able to see certain things. I'm not saying you talk to the dead. We don't do that. Okay? Actually, they're more alive than ever before. They're just not in the earth. Are you with me now? But that'll, that'll hit me once in a while. I'll be going along and something will spark up a, you know, a reminder or something. You ever do something or you hear something and it reminds you of somebody, you know? And if they're already in heaven, you can say, tell the Lord. And there's comfort in there. I said, Lord, just tell them. Amen? And years ago, there was a, a gentleman that used to be with our church, you know, that had a lot of issues and stuff, but I loved him. You know what I mean? I cared for him. And a few years ago, he went home to be with the Lord. You know, it's been a number of years. And I, and I, I, I told the Lord, Lord, tell this person, you know, tell them I appreciate everything they ever did for us. Tell them how much I love them and I can't wait to see them, you know. And there's no misconstruing. There's no misinformation. Like, they, they get it. The people that have gone ahead, there's no, there's no veil that's separating them from fellowshipping with you. In the earth, there can be certain things that can hinder fellowship, can hinder relationships. You know what I'm saying? But that veil is totally removed in heaven, especially if they had issues, if they had problems in the flesh while they were on the earth. When they depart and they're with Christ, which is far better, the Bible says, you're able to communicate with them. Amen. Through Jesus, you can tell them and show love and show appreciation. Amen? Now, no one ever taught me that. And I had asked some, I asked Brother Len Mink one time. I said, Len, can I bounce something off of you? I said, this might seem kind of crazy, but, you know, I've had this happen to me a few times, and I shared with him exactly what I'm sharing with you. I said, am I out to lunch here? Just be honest with me. He says, oh, no. He says, oh, absolutely not. They can hear from heaven through you. You can tell them, and it, it's instantly delivered to them. Instantly. There's no delay. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? I wasn't even thinking about sharing that today, but I felt led to, to share that. Because I'll tell you, we got some of us got some loved ones that are up there. And a lot of them had problems in the flesh. Addictions and things of that nature. Right? They had natural earthly problems that seemingly never, they never got rid of them. But when they left their body and they went with Jesus, all of a sudden everything is the way it should be. <laughs> there's no demons, there's no devils that are interfering with their life when it was on the earth. It's, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. They're in their right mind. And that's what we have to look forward to. Amen? And do you know there's no old people in heaven? The perfect age of maturity is about 30 years of age. That's the oldest a person will ever look in heaven is about 30 years of age. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Now, here's the reason I wrote down here. And what time is it here? Boy, time goes quick. Here's the reason why some... Some believers, here's a couple of things I came up with. Some believers have a hard time fellowshipping with the Lord. Number one, they don't even know it's available. They're, not, they're never taught. They don't know. But then here's the second thing I think that trips up a lot of people. Okay? These are believers, right? Why do have, Some believers have a hard time fellowshipping with God. Number two is because of delays and disappointments. 
because of delays and disappointments. Okay? Not too long ago, I had a, a, a sister in the Lord, not somebody in our church, that I, I, I saw and I came across, you know, and, uh, and they knew I was a minister and so forth. And, um, and uh, so we were just chit-chatting about each other's family and stuff like that. And she said, uh, can I ask you a question? I think, yeah, sure. And I was teasing her. I go, well, is this the $10 million question? <laughs> Try to loosen her up a little bit. Well, I could tell by the nature of her question, it was going to be a deep question. You know what I'm saying? She goes, how come, you know, so-and-so didn't get healed? They were a Christian. They were serving God. And they died. Why? That's a question a lot of people have. Well, first of all, first and foremost, healing is not a reward for living right. It's not a reward. Just because someone serves God, lives right, that's not necessarily a reward for them being good that God says, okay, I'll give you healing because you've been so good. Are you with me now? And, um, but these are valid questions that sometimes it trip people up. Some people never get over these things. Well, first and foremost, healing belongs, salvation belongs to every person. But are there people that die without Christ? All the time. Well, do we change our heart and our mind about the plan of salvation? Do we change all of a sudden? We say, well, someone died and what the hell? I thought it was God's plan. It is God's plan. They just didn't receive it. Okay? Well, healing for the body, health for the body, longevity belongs to every single Christian. Every single Christian. Okay? But... You don't always know what's in a heart, in the mind of a person, what they're going through. Now, if they're a Christian, if they left this earth, they're with Jesus. It doesn't get any better than that. I mean, to be absent from the body, present with the Lord, to depart and be with Christ, Paul said, is far better. Amen? Now, if, if they missed out on receiving their healing on the earth, that doesn't change the plan of God. Okay? Amen? Now, I've prayed for a lot of people through the years, and I've prayed for some people that need healing, and they died and went to heaven. Amen? Even some people that were, that were in our church at one time. Amen? I'm going to do my part. I'm going to pray. I'm going to stand, you know. But for some reason, they didn't receive, and they went, they went to be with Jesus. Okay? It's still a win-win. Okay? But I'm not going to change my doctrine. I'm not going to change what the Word of God has to say about ministering healing to everybody. Brother Hagen, uh, the Lord spoke to him on one occasion because uh, he had some questions. And that's part of fellowship is questioning. You can question, ask questions to the Lord. You know, and the Lord spoke to him and said this. I was there sitting there when he shared this, okay. He said, uh, he says, now son, he's hearing this in his spirit, he said, there will be times where you cannot, people are not in a position to receive healing, but you can always minister to their spirits. Are you with me? You can minister to their spirits, but they may not be in a position at the moment, you know, to receive healing for whatever reason, you know. 
Maybe they let too much time lapse, you know, they, they didn't seize the opportunity to get into the Word, you know. I know Brother Dan and Sister Lisa, for years, they were in the healing ministry and ministering to people going into homes and, and hospitals. And sometimes they saw supernatural things take place, right? But there are other times they would spend time ministering to people, but they were just not quite in there. And they would find out later sometimes that they weren't taking seriously what they were sharing about healing. Am I correct about that? And so they left and they want to be with Jesus, okay? And, um, but if you're a casual observer and you look at this and say, man, they had the word preached to them, but they died and they left the earth, you know? Well, that still doesn't change the plan of God. Does, does that make sense? Okay. So a lot of times the reason, and that person that came to me was baffled about this. I could tell it was disturbing her. I don't understand why God would allow that. You know what I'm saying? Well, things like that are meant by the enemy to, to create a wedge between you and God. Listen, we've all had disappointments. Right? I have too. Okay? I'm just teasing. Okay? We could cry the blues here, couldn't we? Sing a country song right now. <laughs> right? We've all, we've all, you know, there's been people that have disappointed us like you. Right? But you know what? We still have a God. We still have a Father. And we still have Jesus. But I'll tell you, the safest place you can be is when you're, you press into, here's the key. Even though you may not understand certain things, you press into God and say, Lord, I don't quite understand that. I'm going to put that on a shelf right now, right here. I'm not going to let that hinder me in my walk with you right now. I'm going to press into you. That gives the Lord great joy because in spite of you not having full understanding of everything that's going on and the delays and things of that nature, you're still trusting God. Now, Job made the statement, he didn't know there was a devil, but he said about the Lord, he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. <laughs> now, Job later on found out there was a devil. He didn't know there was a devil, so he thought it was God. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Well, that's a good attitude. We could say it like this, though there's junk happening in the flesh, in the natural, though I may not understand it, Father, I'm still going to trust you today. I'm not going to let that throw a monkey wrench in my relationship and my fellowship with you. Okay? And I have found this to be true, that when you, th- and you abandon those emotions, and you say, Lord, I've given that to you right now, and you run towards him. Oh, what a difference that makes. Amen? So we got to close really quickly. What time is it here? Okay, we've got room for one more. Go to Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, I pronounce unto you today the greatest call that there is to every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice. And those that will hear this in the future on a recording, the greatest call that you and I have is the call to fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. Talk, communicate with Him. And fellowship is a two-way conversation. God talking, you talking, you talking, God talking, back and forth, relationship, fellowship. Developing, cultivating that relationship. 
How many of you know even in the natural, you know, uh, natural relationships need cultivated? They have to be cultivated, you know? With, uh, that's across the board, all over the whole earth. They have to be cultivated. If you don't cultivate them, they get dormant. They get stale. So you have to work at it, okay? Well, it's no different than our relationship with God, our fellowship with Him. Amen? And just begin to talk to Him about things that don't seem like they're really that big of a deal, but they are a big deal. Lord, thank You for the sunshine today. Hallelujah. Thank You for this beautiful day. Thank You for that gorgeous flower arrangement right there. Thank You, Lord. Oh, just being filled with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. And start looking for all the good. There's so much good out there. Amen. <laughs> and know this. Know this, saith the Lord. When you find the good and you look for the good, it will drown out the sadness and the sorrow that faces you. It will go underneath your feet never to rise again, saith the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Find the good. Find the good. Find the good. In Luke chapter 10, we have a situation right here. In verse 38. This is our final couple of verses here. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 says, Now it came to pass that as they went, they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him, that's Jesus, into her house. So Martha had a house. Mary had a house. I almost said Mary had a little lamb. (laughs) Martha had a house. And she had a sister called Mary, verse 39 which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. In other words, he was talking and she was listening. Oh, man. Verse 40, But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve you alone? Bid her, therefore, that she would come and give me a helping hand. Next verse says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Now when the Lord calls out your name twice, you're in trouble. (laughs) Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Martha and Mary, sisters, you know, came up in the same household. They're sisters, you know. And Jesus Christ was in their house. One had a troubled spirit, the other didn't. It's up to us. Jesus said, verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are careful or troubled about many things, but this one thing is needful. Now what what if Jesus said 10 things are needful? Or 16? Just pick a number. He said one thing. Say one thing. thing. There's only one thing that's needful. Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Oh, my. Now, Josh, could you bring up in the message translation just verse 41 and 42 in the message translation? Luke chapter 10. The master said, Martha, dear Martha, You're fussing far too much and getting yourself all worked up over nothing. But one thing is essential. Mary hath chosen it. It's the main course and it will not be taken away from her. Amen. 
Now, let me, let me just read this. I know, I know we don't have this, but this is the living Bible. This We just read the message. But the living, not the new living, but the living Bible says, The Lord said unto her, Martha, dear friend, you are so upset over all these details. There is really one thing worth being concerned about. Mary hath discovered it, and it will never be taken away from her. And then finally, the Amplified says, The Lord replied unto her, saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary hath chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, which shall be never taken away from her. Praise the Lord. Is there anything wrong with serving? No. Is there anything wrong with serving a meal? Of course not. There's nothing wrong with serving, but it's the mindset or the attitude behind it. Okay? She was actually, think about this, they're sisters, right? And she, she had the audacity and she had the boldness to confront Jesus about her sister Martha who was lazy bones, so she thought, about Mary. Martha went to Jesus and said, I could just see her with her hands on her hips. Jesus, tell my sister. Can you imagine her? Tell my sister... Tell her to come and give me a hand with this doggone dinner so I can feed you. She's thinking that. That doesn't help your food digest. When you're all upset and all worried, all anxious, wringing your hand, you sit down to eat, your food isn't going to digest very well. <laughs> Are you with me? But I love Jesus. He loved, the Bible says he loved them. And he loved Lazarus, their brother. But he, Jesus loved them. You know, he was close to them. But he took the opportunity. I'm so thankful that it's in the scriptures because it helps us. Because how many times have I done things and it was the right thing, the good thing, but, you know, I was just half upset about it. You know what I'm saying? We can do good deeds and good things but have an attitude behind it. You can make a nice meal and throw the plate down and say, there you go. Have at it. <laughs> Even the dog gets treated better than that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is where we all live. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. But you know, it's it's amazing to me because I want to have a Mary type of attitude, a Mary type of spirit, not a Martha spirit. Okay? And um and I, I do believe that Martha did change. But initially, she had a troubled heart. He said, Jesus said, Martha, you're not just troubled about this. There's other things that you're really, you're troubled about. You got a troubled spirit. They all came up out of the same house. But Martha was like, she was like, do, 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 do. Occupy, do this, do that. Okay. She really thought Mary was so lazy that all she wanted to do is just sit there and just listen to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But actually, Jesus said she chose the better. And one translation says she chose the best dish. Wow. Because it's not every day that Jesus comes to your house and sits down and wants to talk to you. Amen? 
actually the perfect scenario would have been that both of them set the meal aside, you know. I mean, you know Jesus would have worked that one out. He could feed the multitudes. He could have worked that one out. But it was, the best scenario would have been that Mar- Martha and Mary both came and they sat down and said, all right, we're all ears. Let's hear what you have to say. I mean, the Son of God in your house eating dinner with you. And if he wants to say something, oh, bring it on, baby. Amen. I want to hear what he has to say. Praise God. Well, what's that have to do with us today? Is Jesus in your house? If you're saved, he is. Is Jesus at your breakfast table in the morning? Is he at your lunch table or your dinner table? Yeah. Matter of fact, he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's there. He's that ever, ever conscious friend that never leaves. He's always there. That's why he's here right now in this place, in this church service. That's what gives me the confidence and the peace to know Jesus Christ of Nazareth is in Covenant Family Church today because we've invited him. Amen? He's welcome here. The Holy Spirit is welcome here in this place. Amen? And our family, the Holy Spirit is welcome. Could we become more conscientious of that? Of course, like anybody. Okay? But no matter what we're doing in life, the Lord's ever-present. He's ever-present. He's right there with us. Okay? And He's inviting us today, and I'll close here. He's inviting us today to talk things over with Him. There have been times, and this has to do with fellowship, I would go to the Lord. I was upset about something. I would say, you know, Lord, for the life of me, I don't understand this situation right now. I'd say something like that. I'd say, "I I don't understand what's going on here, but... I know that you have all the answers. So I'm taking this to you right now, Father God. I'm not going to let this stop me or trip me up. I'm going to continually serve you, Lord, no matter what. Okay? And, uh, and I would leave it there at his feet. I would say, no, Father, I'm leaving this situation here. There's a question here. I don't understand what, the, what to do right here. I need your wisdom right now. So I leave it at your feet right now. And I'll just go about my business. Now, as far as I'm concerned, after I, I talked to the Lord about that, I still don't know what, what the deal is, right? I don't know. But as I leave it, practice giving your cares to God. Practice that. Keep doing it. Keep giving it to Him. If you have to do it 35 times a day, 70 times a day, you continually say, Lord, that's not my battle. That's your battle. The battle is the Lord's. I give that to you right now. Now, I ask you for wisdom. That's something I pray every day, every day, diligently for myself, for my family, and for you all. Is James chapter 1. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So, Father, I'm asking right now for godly, heavenly, Solomon kind of wisdom for our church, for our family. And I expect that. So, whatever we come up against, whatever challenges that we have, Lord, we have your mind. Really, wisdom is just hearing from the Lord. If, if I hear from the Lord, that's wisdom. 
If I hear one little thing from him, that's the right thing. So you don't have to, as a believer, you don't have to constantly think, oh, Lord, please. I know I asked for wisdom, but please, Lord, show me, show me. It'll get you into a place of unbelief, wavering. But if God reveals something to you, God shows you something, act on that. Just act on that. You'll have peace. That's one of the biggest ways, you know, when God's talking to you, you have peace. Praise the Lord. My peace is overflowing right now. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, thank you today. Thank you for this wonderful, wonderful family, this church family. Thank you for every single person. Those that are here personally, those that are listening by way of uh, the uh, telephone this morning, I ask you, Lord, to reveal the importance of that fellowship. That's our highest, greatest call that we have. Father, I pray that you would set our feet on a course this week of supernatural, supernatural fellowship with Jesus like we've never known before. And Lord, as a result, you said that our joy would be full to overflowing. All because we talk to you. All because we can commune with you. And I thank you for giving that to us, imparting that to us. In Jesus' name. So many times we see people act or react in a, in a certain manner or a certain fashion that's not very becoming. We see people act a certain way. And there's a tendency like all of us to have to react in the flesh towards that person because of what we've just heard or just seen. Mm-hmm. However, there's a reason, there's a root cause as to why They're acting the way that they are. Perhaps there's a fear that's facing them, and a lot of times a reaction to fear is anger. A lot of times someone getting angry is a result of a deep-rooted fear. So instead of looking at the fruit of a person, God can show us the root of that person, why they're acting the way that they are, so that we can have God's mind, God's wisdom, God's insight to know how to really minister to that person. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord, for helping us do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 